Hey, hey, Sarah here, and welcome to Unlock to Unleash, the show where we talk about the things that most people are afraid to talk about. And we get quite candid and quite open about the things here, and I just want to in, in, invite you in and welcome you to episode number 26. Today, we're going to be looking at one of the most powerful shifting elements when it comes to mental health, and that is shame. Now, today's show is brought to you by Intrepid 21st Century Gym, and I just want to let you guys know that we are heading into the last week before our mental health climb, which happens on the, on the 6th of December. That's a climb for mental health, and that's at New Market Stairs, December 6th, which is next Sunday where um, myself and a few other people are going to be climbing the stairs to raise awareness for mental health. And uh, I'm also doing it for a personal reason as my birthday is the following week and I always do a birthday challenge every year. So the primary reason is to raise that awareness for mental health. Um, I'll be climbing the stairs myself. I'll be doing it 100 times and starting at 4 a.m. and we're going to keep going until it's done. So I certainly hope you guys can join us and thank you for joining in today. Let's get right into our topic, which is about shame. Now, a lot of people say that shame, or shall I say that pride, is the source of shame. Now, pride can be used in a negative and in a positive way. If it's, if it's being used in a negative way, it could be taken as something that um, uh, refusing to ask for help, okay, when we need it, that's, that's prideful. Uh, belittling other people by stating that they are less than human and deserve to die. I mean, that's quite dramatic, but that that is that belittle, belittling process of negative pride speaking and believing. Now, there's also a positive meaning um, when we're talking about pride. Taking delight or joy in your work or accomplishments and or taking pride and delight and joy in someone else's accomplishments and someone else's work. But what I believe is when they're talking about pride here, they're talking about that negative pride, right? And that's what creates a lot of shame in people. Now, a lot of times people get shame and guilt kind of mixed up, all right? I just want to clarify that. So the difference between shame and guilt, all right? Guilt comes from a sort of a transgression, okay? Meaning that I did something, okay? And I'm feeling guilty about that thing that I did, where shame is a way of feeling about who we are and it shows up as I'm a bad person. So if you, you know, had an accident and you ran your car into someone else, you know, you ran a car into someone, you know, it's that moment that you feel guilty about, particularly if you hurt someone. But the shame part of that is we not only take on the fact that we did the accident, but we blame ourselves and we make ourselves less than a person and we, we make ourselves feel super bad and that's we become that situation instead of that being just a moment. Now, two things, all right? Two things are, are missing in this world. In this world that is filled with so much fear of self-belief, self-betterment, and a world that, is, that it fears deep loving relationships with people and a fear of doing work that we are truly passionate about and that we are put on this earth for. And to me, it comes down to two things, courage and dignity. 
Now, what does courage and dignity have to do with shame? Well, in this particular case, dignity is actually the opposite of shame, okay? And we all want dignity, we, dignity. we all want to be respected. Um, we all want to be able to, to voice our opinions and, 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 and follow and do things that we want to do from, a, from the deepest part of ourselves without feeling that shame, without, without thinking that someone is gonna judge us, um, without thinking that we are going to fail. Now, let me just clarify the simple fact of the matter is we may or may not fail. People will or will not judge us, okay? This is a part of life. What we are in control of is whether we go for it or not. Again, we can shame ourselves making ourselves that, that, that is, okay? I, you know, ran my car into someone and I'm a mean, nasty, dirty person. We can could, we could hold on to that, but that does not move us forward into that dignity place that I spoke of earlier, all right? But in order to really encompass that dignity, in order to really heal and overcome that shame, the first step before anything is courage. Stepping into your courage, believing into your courage, actionizing your courage, okay? And that takes practice for a lot, a lot of people. Everyone's not great at that, you know? And as a matter of fact, we all struggle with that. I believe it was Maya Angelou that said, courage is the greatest virtue of all. If you're unable to practice courage consistently, all other virtues will fall to the wayside. Now I paraphrase, but that, that's the essence of what she was saying. So courage is the key. Before you speak, you must have courage. Before you act, you must have courage. Before you, you put your actions and plans or to build something, you must have courage. Because again, if you're, if you're fronting or facing or thinking that you may fail, you, people may talk about you, that you're not good enough, that you've tried it before and perhaps you failed before. But if it's something that's really sitting in your heart. And I want to urge you not to let people talk you out of it because people will. They'll say, oh, really, you want to do that again? Or I don't know why you're going to do that. It's not going to make you money. Or come on, you know, you should really be doing something else that's more, um, more your cup of tea, whatever that means, you know. Um, we have to recognize that there are a lot of naysayers out there, people that don't see your vision or your dream. This is why you have to step into your courage and see it first. And you have to see it second. And you have to see it third. And you have to see it fourth. Because people will come in and people will leave. People will say great things and people will say mean things. But you have to decide whether or not you're going to pursue those things, those goals, those dreams, that purpose you have to decide that and you have to put in the work, the discipline, the, the, the passion on the days you don't feel like doing anything, the days where it feels like everything is falling apart, those days when it seems like no one's on your side, those days when you feel tired and isolated. You have to step into that courage because whatever you are desiring is waiting for you to get there. It's waiting for you to take each step. So when it comes to mental health, shame is a major, major player. According to the Clearview treatment programs, they specialize in addiction treatment, they state that shame is so powerful that it can shape the whole trajectory of your life. Now, in my research, I ran across five ways that this, this shame can shape 
your life and any of our lives if if we aren't aware of it, if we let it, if we are reaching out for help. Okay, remember sometimes pride, that a negative pride can keep us from reaching out for the help that we need and the help that we desire. Okay, so here are five ways that uh, shame can shape the trajectory of our lives. People who live in shame often avoid relationships. Okay, often avoid vulnerability and they often avoid community. Research shows that people living in shame hide and self-conceal. Number two, people who live in shame are prone to suppressing their emotions. There's a lot of people living with repressed anger. All right, And these people will be quick to get on someone else about their anger and their rage, but they don't see it in themselves. This is why we have the responsibility to be able to stand up and courage and show to people out of love, out of humility, out of just awareness that they too are struggling with suppressed rage or they too are struggling with shame or they too, you know, and it's not like pointing the finger, it's coming to them in, in, in an inquiring way. It's helping them to be able to heal themselves as well. But sometimes we can't see it. We have what they call blind spots and we need people to help us recognize it. Now, if you are really wanting to help them heal, you will stay on their case. You will stay in their corner. You will stay in the room and you will ask them to do the same. So uh, men and women, okay, narrate shame differently, meaning uh, they hide it for different reasons. When people are ashamed of something that, that has happened to them, they tend to keep their thoughts and their feelings under wraps. Okay, and when it comes to the way that men and women handle that shame differently, there was a commercial in the States, um, I forget it was a perfume, but it used to talk about, you know, how a woman can take home the bacon, you know, do everything in the office, take care of her kids, take care of her man. And that is basically how a lot of women still feel today, that they can do everything. But they don't want to tell you that they're hurting, that they're suffering, that they're tired, they're crushed. Because if they do that, that shame will take over. You will look at them as less than. And so that's where shame sits for them if they can't do everything and do it perfectly. And for men, it's a little bit simpler. We're not all over the place. We're not trying to do a lot of things. However, what we are refusing ourselves to do, our young men to do, our kids to do, is to cry. We don't want people to see us as vulnerable and weak. That's where we carry our shame. Just keep that as a note and, and, and look at yourselves, look at your partners, help your kids to recognize if that's going on for them because we need more vulnerability. Now, vulnerability does not mean weakness. If you really look the word up, it's actually strength, okay? Able to share who you truly are and able to recognize that you deserve to share who you really are and your emotions. We wouldn't be given emotions if we weren't meant to, to, to shed them, to shed light on them, to express them, all right? So vulnerability has got a bad rap. And so just do your own research on it. The more vulnerable you are, the more authentic relationships you will have. And I say authentic, what I mean is heart connected. You're able to tell the truth. You're able to look at each other in the eyes. You're able to take in situations, even if emotions are high. Sometimes people get all upset because someone yelled at them. Someone screamed at them. Someone said something in a harsh way. And we are so, so 
just looking for a reason to be offended, that we're unable to take our blinders down or to step into our empathy for that moment and say, look, I didn't like the way you said that. Uh, I really want to take it in. Could you say it again? Uh, I recognize that you're very emotionally, very passionate about something. I'll just wait um, till you calm down um, because I, I really want to hear what you have to say and I want to share with you what I have to say as well. So it takes it takes practice. It takes practice. Okay, number three. Um, uh, this is the, the third way that shame can shape the trajectory of our lives, how we live our lives. So number three is People who live in shame often feel worthless, depressed, and anxious. People who are ashamed live out a different emotional and mental battle each day. All right, so it's always a huge struggle for those people living in that shame. And again, folks, we all live in some sort of shame. The gift here is are you able to recognize it? Are you, are you able to recognize yourself in some of these things that I'm, that I'm speaking on tonight okay so the fourth way that uh, shame can shape the trajectory of our lives people who live in shame are less likely to take healthy now notice what I'm saying here people that are living in shame are less likely to take healthy risk as opposed to dangerous risk of you know jumping off a bridge with no bungee on their ankles or you know climbing up a wall with no safety rope around them or driving in their car without a seat belt you know, running out in the middle of, uh, of traffic, okay? That's, that's high risk. I'm talking about healthy risk here. Shame can keep people from connecting and joining activities with people at home or on the job or in their intimate relationships or even at school, okay? We need to be able to take healthy risk in order to be able to move from, as I spoke earlier on, that courage. It takes courage to do the things that we really, 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 really want to do, okay? And so that was number four. Number five, okay, the fifth one, okay? The fifth and final one is people who live in shame are more likely to relapse back into that, that, that shutdown mode, that conflict, that, that you know, that, um, that default behavior. Research shows that a person is is struggling with uh, when a person is struggling with alcoholism and I'm not a, a drinker so my thing of course my addiction is sugar okay it's my sugar addiction you know when we relapse those are the things we turn to our alcohol our sugar our gambling our sex our um, um, uh, just getting out of many many relationships are diving so hard into our work that we're always just focusing on being busy okay most people living in shame believe that they are worthless, so they punish themselves through their addictions, or they engage in things that are bad for their health and their well-being, okay? So again, these are some of the things that shame can bring out of us. And let me just also um, recognize for us, if we're not aware of this, there is nothing on this planet that we can do alone. I know in this age of, you know, individualism, you know, being independent, you know, that, that, that thing of I've got to do it by myself. That's what all the self-help books are telling us now. Self-help. But there's no book on the shelf that says help together. Help us. Let's do it together. Where's that section in the bookstore? 
because that's how we've gotten everything that we've gotten up to this point. And that's what any of the people that we read about, any of the people that we listen to or see that are successful, they did not do it by themselves. So I want us to understand we will not do it by ourselves either. We always need another person or a team of people to get to the levels where we say we want to get to. And I think it's important that people are able to look at themselves and go, how can I offer value to that person's life? How can I help that person? How can I step into something that I am great at and give it to that person absolutely free? Absolutely free. That does not mean don't get paid for your skill set. That does not mean that you have to work for free. But there is this place inside of us that if we are really connected with the people that are that are that are in our space and that's another thing i believe that we run across a lot of people in our lives because you know it's a vast world but i'm a huge believer that if you hang out with people who believe what you believe you guys will be able to help each other so much more because like i said we run across a lot of people who don't believe what we believe and that's cool you don't have to hang out with them and they don't have to hang out with you but you also don't have to try to push your insight, your passion, your joy, your gifts on them because they're going to just have resistance. And that if they do, that's cool. Let them move on the way and you move on your way. You just keep looking for those people who believe what you believe because everyone has a tribe in the world that believes what they believe. Okay? And it doesn't mean that you do the things, everything in the same way. It doesn't mean that you believe everything that that person believes. But I'm talking about a passionate belief. So for me, mine is all about courage and, and, and dignity. Mental health. Mental health is the big picture that I'm looking at here. Okay, not a lot of people that I've run across really want to dive into the mental health. They'd much rather run away, keep busy, do other things that keep them um, shut down, suppressed. All right? Then those aren't the people for me. However, if I run across people who want to dive into the mental health, who want to dive into what courage really, really means and the dignity as well as, of course, the opposite of shame is, is the shame. If we can start to really unpack those things as a crew, as a, as a couple, as a, as, a, as a group, then we can have impact on those people who are constantly running from that because if, you're, if they're constantly running from that, they're never going to live their best life. So, folks, just before I wrap it up here, I want to, again, say that this episode is sponsored by Intrepid 21st Century Gym. It is... Uh, Intrepid is all about creative movement and mental wealth. And they will be sponsoring uh, an event coming up shortly called Climb for Mental Health, which is happening next Sunday, December 6th at Newmarket. Starting at 4 a.m., myself and a few other people will be climbing the stairs there. It's 164 stairs, so it's going to be really, really exciting. Um, A lot of hard work, but that's the thing about mental health. Um, it's, It's... Mental health is not just something that you just have. It's something that you've got to work on, like your physical health, like your intellectual health, like your spiritual health, like your intuitive health, like your love health, okay? We all have to work on these things. And like I said, I think it's better if we work on them together. So join us next week for Climb for Mental Health, December 6th at Newmarket. If you want more details, you can reach me or my crew on Sanford at Intrepid 21st Century Gym. That's Sanford at intrepid21stcenturygym.com. Or you can, of course, leave a message here. Go on to my Instagram, which is Unlock to Unleash, and DM me there. My Facebook, uh, which is Sanford McMurray. We hope to see you guys there. It's going to be a stone cold blast. (laughs) 
All right, so I always want to leave you with little nuggets on how to start to heal, how to start to release, all right? And again, this is not just me, folks. This is the science behind it as well. This is the research behind it. These are proven things that I've practiced and continue to practice to this day to make sure that I'm constantly healing, constantly growing, constantly reflecting. Because it's not about being perfect. perfect. It's about being on that perfect journey of constantly reflecting on self and being around people that help you do that. That's how I look at it anyway. All right, so how to practice shame releasing and healing. All right, I got five points here, folks. So so listen closely, get your little pen, paper, or put it into your phone, okay? So be courageous. I talked about this already. Be courageous enough to be vulnerable by seeking out relationships. To me, that is number one, new relationships. Again, I understand if people are in trauma, if people are um, in fear, if people are in shame, people are in doubt. I understand. I really do. I don't know your story. I would love to hear it if you want to share it. But I also know that shame puts you on the outskirts of everything. It wants you, makes you want to block out everything. It makes you want to plan everything right down to the T so you don't fail. Or even if, if something comes to you too easily, you think that you don't deserve it. Shame does that. Shame shuts you down emotionally, physically. All right? So I understand and I want to be here for you. So please, please, if it's not me, go and connect with people. Number two, be courageous enough to carry shame from your head to your heart to your action. Okay? You know, do action-based activities. All right? Even that's just... You know, like I'm doing the climb next week, the stairs. Go just climb one set of stairs, okay? Just put yourself out there. Move, okay? Start writing, start journaling. Um, hang out with someone that does a different workout than you do. You know, start painting um, on your job. Um, ask your boss if, if you know, if you if, if, if something else, you want to try something else in the, in the job. Um, a new position, a new way of doing things. You know, talk to your partner, go to your, your wife, your husband, your boyfriend, your girlfriend. Let's, let's just go for a hike. Just get up and do it right now. You know, so you're, you're making those shifts. So you're really touching into your, your courage. Okay, when you tap into that courage, it's going to make unlocking that shame, really digging in to start to heal it uh, much more powerful. Number three, be courageous enough to speak to yourself like you would a friend or a child that if they were filled with shame, what would you say to them? What would you say to someone that's close to you? What would you say to a child who is struggling with that shame? Okay? And remember that shame is we are making ourselves that issue. It's if we were abused as a child, someone abused us later, physically, mentally, or sexually, we're holding that shame in. If we uh, did someone wrong, you know, and we just can't seem to let it go, um, or if someone did us wrong and we just can't, we just, we're just filled with so much shame. Or, you know, like I mentioned earlier, we had a car crash and, you know, we, we ruined someone else's property or we hurt someone, you know. Or we had a business and we went out of business. Um, that shame carries with us and we're afraid to try things. We're afraid to let people in. All right. We want to 
so much. And it's again that shame that's directing the trajectory of what we're doing. We want people to, to hear our story, but we don't want to do anything about it. We just want to complain. We want to, um, to we want people to really understand. And let me just be clear, people can, can't understand you and what you went through. They can empathize. They can listen, all right? But I want us to recognize that if we're constantly in that trauma-based stage, in that shame-based stage, people are only gonna feel sorry for us for so long. People aren't gonna stay around so long if we're not doing the work to shift and grow, okay? All right, what are we up to? We're up to number four, okay? Um, ways to practice shame releasing and healing. Number four, be courageous enough to take small healthy risk and be willing to fail, okay? Be willing to fail um, and recognize failure will not kill you. It never has killed anyone, all right? It will not destroy you. And if that failure pushes people away, they weren't meant to be in that space with you anyway, okay? So remember, we're talking about ways to practice shame releasing and healing, okay? It's not a one-step process. It's not a one-book process or one retreat or workbook process. Whatever age you are now, if you've been working and hanging on to that shame, it's going to take nearly that long, okay, to get through it. I don't know how I don't know how long it's going to take. I'm just saying that. I just know that you have to put in the work, just like the physical health. If you're out of shape, you got to go get in the gym. You got to go outside, do your calisthenics, whatever it is, to get back in shape. It's it's, it's not a six months process not a one-year process it's a mini year process a mini splendid thing folks it's a mini splendid thing you got to dig into that you know if you again if your child was hurting and you just talk to them once you think that's going to heal you think that's going to connect you no you know that friend of yours is going through something you think you telling them what to do is going to help no there's the listening there's the empathy there's the going through the journey with them there's the giving them that time to start to heal and perhaps, which is, which is what I always hope, is that we're each able to recognize some of the things that we're still struggling with. Because often we are triggered by someone else, what someone else is going through. Or someone has triggered something that we went through in the past and they've triggered it for us. And we get angry, we get upset, we, we shut down. Okay? So hopefully in that process of sharing and caring and giving time, you start to recognize some of the things that you're struggling with around shame. And the last one, folks, here in this episode on shame all right, is be courageous enough to believe healing is possible and seek out the people. Here we are again with the people. Seek out the, the people that believe too. Seek out the people who you can help build that circle of safety, that circle of honesty, that circle of saying what needs to be said when it needs to be said, whether it's hard to say or not, and whether it's hard to take or not. So that is the episode shame if you guys have anything that you want to share please leave comments of course you can always listen to this um, i'm of course recording with anger but you can always listen to it on spotify google apple all those wonderful places to stream these podcasts that i do each week and i want to thank you guys for hanging out here with unlock to unleash of course this was episode 26 you guys make sure you take care of yourself and remember to always always love your life